As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you Why mad? mad? Okay, hello, Luis. Uh, what's up? Hi, Jake. How's it going? I'm chilling. How are you doing? <laughs> you seem. <sighs> Not. Okay, I'm kind of like uh, in a bad mood, <laughs> and it's like all for shitty, dumb reasons because the world is like terrible, right? And like very quickly, this is my update: is that like in the last week, uh, you know, I keep trying to live my best life. So I bought a scooter, and I was gonna, you know, zip around town and stuff. And uh, then I get an email from the fucking company, and they're like. Here's the thing, uh, because of all the supply chain issues caused by COVID and caused by the fucking ship that got stuck in the canal, you know, <laughs> uh, we have a bunch of supply chain problems for our manufacturers. And so they are not delivering the parts that we need. So we can't even tell you when we could get your scooter to you. So your <laughs> options are you can just wait in line and hold your place in line and we'll get it to you when we get it to you or you could just get your money back <laughs> so i'm like yeah of course i'm gonna take my money back you fucking idiots <laughs> like maybe i'll find a already made scooter somewhere to buy whatever but anyway the universe through all of these disasters that have been going on is personally affecting me jake this is what i'm saying second way is <laughs> that um i was supposed to go on a great vacation this week uh we were not going to have a podcast this week actually uh, because I was going to go on a trip and then the fucking hurricane landed like exactly where I was going at the time that I was going. <laughs> that sucks, and, man. Yeah. And my flight was like rescheduled at like 1am the day before I had to go like, it was messed up, dude. Whatever. I got all my money back and it's fine and I'm fine. And I know before anybody writes to me that there's like a lot of people seriously injured and having a terrible oh, time. Shut and up, internet. Yeah, no, and it's all terrible and I think it's terrible. And what sucks is that, ugh, like I, um, honestly, I can't even imagine having kids. It must be fucking terrible <laughs> because, and I don't mean this in a me being a shitty way. I mean this in like, a, it's even hard to just be like a selfish take care of yourself person in this life now in this world now because everything is falling apart like everything is literally falling on our heads and people with children and people getting pregnant i'm like how are you thinking that this is going to work out when everything is falling down around us on our heads like quite fucking literally and your kids are going to school next week or some shit they don't have vaccines i i, I don't know i that's, don't know that's what the part that always freaks me out <laughs> really until like until like a year ago, like I've lived paycheck to paycheck my entire life and have been in a constant state of like, like panic. Like you have to just yeah. get up and move every day and go, if I don't fucking start plugging up holes in this leaky ship, we're going to die. And like, yeah. that's what life is like for the working class, like by definition, you know, all the time. Yeah. So like, or like even, even the, um, figuring out where to leave your kids so you could go to work. Thing. Yeah. You know, like honestly, all these middle class people like on Twitter and shit are like, oh my God. You know, of course I had to send my kid back to school without a vaccine, even though I don't think it's the right thing to do because I have to go to work. I can't just stay in the house out of my own decision for the next six months. You know, like I have to pay rent. I have bills to pay. And it's like, you know, that this is how poor people lived always before <laughs> this, too, where they had to like figure out where to leave their kid, who they could trust with their kid, how to like budget for money for someone to take care of their kid so that they could go to work. And a lot of times those were the choices. Either I fucking lose my job or I show up to take care of my kid and like pick him up early from school or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or I, I guess I show up to pick him up early and I lose my job or I don't show up for my kid and I get to keep my shitty job. Yeah. So I can never weird that they don't empathize you know they don't empathize down and they're like this is such a new time and such new problems <laughs> oh i know it's so funny whenever there's yeah. like a new york times personal essay about something that yeah. it's like motherfucker all of us do that every single day you know Jake, or when they wrote articles about being like having to do zoom from home while your husband also works and your kids are there doing their zoom schooling and it's like so many of us in the house it's like dude do you know like even historically how Poor people live like fucking a dozen to a two bedroom. Yeah. Forever well, and had no privacy. And like. That's also like, I'm not saying this is like an op yeah. necessarily yeah. or like it was specifically like done for this reason. I think it's more that 
the the newspaper has an agenda and then the things that sort of sift through are things that like form into that agenda or whatever but like yeah. that fits really well with this other thing that happened this week there's this, this op-ed in the new york times that was about i don't know if it was an op-ed if it was just a story or whatever but it was about how um supposedly the the workers want to go back into their cubicles <laughs> and like it, it was you know they, they did a survey and of the people they surveyed most majority of them these people that worked in like the the offices in manhattan really want to go back into the the buildings or whatever and it's so clearly like the point of this story is to try to generate like that as an idea and manufacture consent for being sent back into the buildings because what's happening yeah. is the, the work from home thing ha- has, you know, it, it, there's no reason to go back. Like, we should keep this, but it devalued the buildings that people owned in Manhattan, which are some of the most fucking expensive pieces of real estate in the world. So, because those buildings are devalued, the people that own them are out on their ass now. And so they need to, like, regenerate a culture of, they need to, like, really, like, honestly, just, like, it's clear. Like, they're just trying to make reality a thing where, like, okay, we're all going back to work. Because now the building isn't fucking useless and I didn't buy a big empty thing that now I'm out like millions of dollars or whatever for or whatever. And it it's fake, though. And it's funny because people were like, I was arguing with people <laughs> online and shit because I just got back from tour. So now I'm extra yeah. back online because I'm like trying to catch up and stuff. <laughs> like, I, I missed some some arguments. Let's yeah. get back on it. <laughs> and like these people are just <laughs> saying like, what? No, I mean, it's, you know, it's a real problem or whatever. And it's like, I know it. I believe people when they say they get fatigued from like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm at home and I'm around my family or whatever. But ultimately, no, it's better that you work from home than going into this office for no reason during a fucking pandemic. So, okay. As an office worker, as the office worker here, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. Can I tell you something? Sure. I think that, I mean, I think you are predominantly right in that the fucking article is an (laughs) op-ed and that... Uh, the majority interest in these conversations are with the landholders, like with the people who... I think what they're doing is they're money. taking advantage of the way you feel, like the fatigue sure. that you get from working from home, and then using yeah. it for this end, which is their bottom line. Exactly. So I do agree with that part, okay? The part that I want to do, it's not even disagree with you, it's like add nuance, I guess, is that... Um, so. Personally, I am going to try to work from home for as long as possible, right? I agree. There's no reason why I should have to commute to do the job that I do, that kind of shit, right? But I think that actually the correct solution is to allow workers to choose for themselves because the nuances of not just your home life, but your actual job and your role might vary in how you feel of whether you need to be in an office and see people face to face all the time and like have regular conversations like that. Or whether you actually get more done when nobody's fucking wasting your time with stupid fucking shit every 30 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're at home and there's no fucking coffee chat and whatever the fuck. You know yeah. I mean? But the thing um, is, that's that's how yeah. you're right. That's how it should be. But the point of yeah. business is not how things should be set up for the us to feel better. It's it's just profit. I know. I know. But in this moment, you know, um, I do think that we have an opportunity. Like, we're not going to organize around this, but... Um, at least the corporation I work for is doing like surveys of workers and shit to see like what they think and what they would want to do. And there, and then there are people who want to go back and there are people who don't want to go back. And I think, you know, like I said, I don't want to go back, but here's one thing that annoys me is that now for everybody that works from home, one of the things they don't realize is like your infrastructure for getting your work done is now your responsibility. So this is actually something that helps companies bottom line, right? They don't have to get you the ergonomic chair. They don't have to get you the high-speed internet. They don't have to get you the equipment that you need. Oh, they, yeah. It's not their fucking problem. They don't have to get free coffee. They don't have to get snacks. They don't have to have a maintained bathroom. They don't have to have any of it, right? So you are incurring the cost of <clears throat> having a workplace to get the job done that they need you to do. Sorry. So... There are downsides, especially if you're somebody who does a highly technical job and then your internet at home is slower. And so you do need to be in a building that has this like giant corporate corporate version of internet or you're somebody who has to constantly interface with a lot of different people to make get decisions made and shit like that. But 
you know, there's not just like the people that own the buildings who rent them out to businesses and would benefit from like the businesses choosing to make everybody go back to the offices. There's also businesses that own the buildings themselves and they benefit from the fact that if most of their workforce wants to stay at home, they can sell their building and that becomes a profit. But the value of the building is going to drop if the overall culture is that people are working from home because now there's no point. There's empty buildings in Manhattan and so they can't sell right. it. But if but they cost money to maintain even if they're empty. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, that's that's why yeah. they want to get people back in them because if they create an entire culture where everyone moves back into the buildings, now the buildings are worth money again and they can then sell them. But right now they're losing money. I know, but uh, what I'm saying to you is that there are some companies that benefit from not having to have people go to offices. And I think it's going to split into, uh, you know, like temporary use. Like, so if a company decides to do a split schedule where they are only making people go to the office like two or three days a week or something like that, you still are using less space than you were before. So no matter what, you're still ending up with like, if you had five buildings before in Manhattan for your company, you're only going to be using two or three if everybody's only going to the office half the time and you're sharing all the space. You know what I mean? Yeah. So either way, they are making decisions where it's like they want to get rid of the land and there will be somebody who wants to buy it because they could develop it into some other shit. You know what I mean? And there are there are types of businesses where it does have to be face-to-face and those people or those companies will buy the fucking thing but i mean i do think that the new york times shit of just like painting it as though it were like a majority decision where all the workers agree about this is was fucking propaganda it was it's like if they put out like an op-ed that was like uh like you're like here's all the different points of view yeah no i'm saying is like reading it is like is if you were in school and there was like one kid that was like uh, I published a paper, uh, why we need more homework. Uh, you mm-hmm. need to assign us more homework. Yada, yada. It's like, that's clearly a cop. You know what I mean? You look yeah. at it and you're like, this is not, this totally. person is not speaking on behalf of us. This is a fucking, this is like someone who's in, like installed into this to speak for the fucking system as one of us is that honestly i took an improv class one time i can't i can't remember if i've ever talked about this i only took one improv class i don't even think i finished it uh but it was improv one at the cold town theater in austin and i remember um (laughs) this is what this kind of reminds me of the the first day the improv instructor went around the room and he was like asking everyone why are you here like uh, why'd you take improv and i was a comic and then everybody else was just like my boss told me i should it'll help me in meetings or whatever and the guy was like no one here's an actor it's really weird this is like an actor thing or whatever (laughs) and then like the next week there was just this kid this like really flamboyant like over the top actor theater kid in our class and he was also he was really good in all the games and stuff. And I was like, this is an op. Like they installed a fucking improv student in our gr- group because this wasn't working. And you could just tell when someone's yeah. a mole. You know what I mean? That's the vibe yeah. I'm getting from reading an op-ed that's like, why I and all workers want to go back into, regardless of whether it's even fucking true or not, you could yeah. see why it happened, like what the motivation is, you know? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, know. definitely. It's fucking bullshit. Mm, I know. Um, did you see that there's like a lot of shit going on in your home state of Texas? Yeah, man. I've been reading about it. The 666 yeah. laws. <laughs> yeah, did you see? Because I know you said you talked about uh, the abortion stuff or the anti-abortion stuff on PDA. That's the main thing. Uh, I didn't realize there was like a whole other weird grab bag of shit yeah, that went with it. I knew about the bounty thing. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, so it's 666 bills that will go into effect today, September 1st. That's insane. And Yeah, dude, and the abortion one is multiple part- parts, actually, because it's like... Um, uh, not only is it, it bends, it brings it down to a six week is the only time abortion, right? And I'm sure you talked about that, but also the fact that, uh, there's a $10,000 bounty on anyone who has an abortion, I think, and facilitates one even. So that includes the doctors or nurses. Like, the way that law is set up yeah. is that if you suspect someone of being a secret abortion provider, any person in society now gets to make themselves into a bounty hunter and yeah. uh, sue that person. Not You can't catch them and take them to jail, but you can yeah. sue them, which is insane. So it's like, 
you, I don't fucking, I don't know if there was any laws like this on the books in like America. Like you just can deputize yourself into being like the person who carries justice out to this fucking thing. It's crazy. It's yeah, fucking weird. I didn't know that it was privatized like that or like. It's, they're literally calling it a bounty. Like you are allowed to collect oh. a bounty if you suspect your next door neighbor is like, you know. But part does of that the, mean you re- you fucking report on them? Basically. I'm not sure the ins and outs of it, but I think that's basically what it is. Is like, yeah, you report them, and then like you either sue them or you connect the fucking them to whoever's the state yeah, sues them or whatever. It's just crazy how like fascist this shit is, just like right on the face of it, and people are like, "Oh my god, socialists!" The thing that <laughs> so- this is what I've been fucking going off about all week is that like, yeah. Texas is so stupid because. In Texas, there is this, like, rebel fucking spirit, even more than the South. The South has a Civil War rebel flag thing, but Texas is like, we were our own country, and you don't fucking tell me what to do, and I'm a cowboy, and I got a gun and shit and all this stuff, but it's like, it's inside out. It's like, it's like a fucking, I I don't, it's so Freudian, you know, when you see people that are like, I'm not gay, and they're so clearly gay, like, Texas is like, I am not an authoritarian state, and it's like, no, you're communist fucking China, like, you're the thing that you're constantly fucking crowing about. It's insane, because there's a specific way in which they conceive of themselves as like, well, if it's not if it's not the federal government imposing this fucking thing on me, then it mm-hmm. must be freedom. But it's like, half the like time... If I put my own chains on, yeah. it's not... I'm not being uh, fucking oppressed. But it's like, <laughs> well, okay, them. but you have an oppressive state government, yeah. and you have police, yeah. which are private government fucking stormtroopers, and you have... And Texas has a privatized electrical system, right? Electricity yeah. System. But yeah. Like, they think because it's privatized, it's like, oh, this isn't tyranny, but it's like, you're fucked. It's you like, can't yeah, you're do at, anything. You're at the fucking mercy of some fucking... Rich fat cats. What are you talking about? It's like, well, you have an option to go get another security grid or whatever. You don't yeah. even have that weird, like, fucking market freedom thing that people talk about. I don't know, vote with your dollar yeah. or whatever. Like, no, you just have to deal with some shitty company or else your toilet won't work or whatever. And your fucking house will freeze and you'll have to put snow in your toilet. It's insane. Yeah. These people are... It's the projection is bananas because they're, like, walking around like, I'm the most free person on Earth while, like... Literally, like, you know, a fucking our friend Tim Dillon the other day was talking about how, like, um, some woman, you know, my life has been better since I muted. (laughs) She's like a custody battle and the vaccination Uh thing played into it. And so the right wing is hyping up this thing of like, we're in a police state. They took this woman's child away because she wouldn't get vaccinated or whatever. It's more complicated than that. And she got her kid back. But she's a white lady. And so when this happens to white people, they start using the term police state. And he was saying this is a police state. We're in a police state. But I fucking look through like his old tweets. And it's like during last year when the police were killing black people and shit, he was like taking the entire other attack. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he was like, oh, you're you know, what do you want to abolish the police? Like it's fucking, you know, it's not going to work. And like we need police and all this stuff and police are good. So it's like, which one fucking is it? But like the people that are all into cops that are Blue Lives Matter and fucking Punisher schools or whatever also cry police state when like anything minorly affects them that's usually like a thing that would be beneficial to them or whatever this is crazy the reality is completely subjective texans can choose to to believe that they're free while they're being oppressed and they can choose to believe that they're oppressed while they're free as fucking day crazy yeah man yeah and so um it's really interesting to me i watch a few states i guess closely i watch florida because i'm from there and texas because there's this like very interesting thing that you were talking about of like you know, we just saw uh, last week, I wanted to talk about something and I can't fucking find the article right now, but there was like, um, last week there was the Intercept, I don't know, some fucking publication put out this thing about like uh, a survey or a study of like where everybody moved during the pandemic, right? Yeah. And the majority of the people moved to Florida and Texas, like Texas, Texas was number one, okay, Insane. in the country that received the most growth over 2020 to 2021. Um, And, you know, we know it through comedy that, like, all these comedians and podcasters and shit move there and venues, and it's like, they all moved under these, like, auspices of, like, they were going to have greater freedom there. They were going to be free to perform. They were going to like be freer from taxes. They were going to be freer to congregate. They wouldn't be told they had to wear masks. They would just be freer, you know? And then this shit passes, and I'm like, how do you not see that this is, like, fascism 
like 101. <laughs> like, holy shit, 666 dollars. Let me tell you, like, okay, let's go over a few of these really quickly. So you mentioned you talked about all the abortion stuff, so everybody go to PDA to get d- details on that, unless you want to Google it. I mean, we didn't go that into it, so... No? Okay, yeah. Google it. A bunch of abortion restrictions, but the major things is that it's like, no, you can't get a, an abortion after six weeks, which, by the way, like, you don't even notice that you miss your period until, like, six or seven weeks. Like, that's fucking fucked up. And then there's even, like... You know, this is anecdotal, but, like, I have heard that there are, um, in certain cases, in a lot of cases, women can't get an abortion at six weeks because the embryo is not even big enough to be identified in the x-ray to be fucking extracted. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it is a bullshit law that makes fucking abortion effectively illegal, right? Yeah. Um, And then the second thing is that I believe that they put a bounty on anyone who may have had an abortion or provided or facilitated one of $10,000. And I don't even know how it works. I haven't looked into it, but it's like, it basically is a detractor for anyone to try to help a woman get an abortion because you might incur jail time or money. Plus, anyone in Texas now who can open carry anything at any time is now a right. bounty hunter. You can now mm-hmm. take it upon yourself to go hunt for fucking like secret abortion providers and uh, you know sue them or whatever. But you can carry your gun while you do it for no fucking reason. They yeah, they legalized open carry of like everything yeah. a while back. I know there's some shit added on to that, but like you can just open carry a sword if you want in like Texas so right is, now. This is what they added is permitless carry. Okay, so before it was open carry, but with a permit. Yeah. Now it is permitless carry. Allows Texans ages 21 and older to carry handguns without training or license, as long as they are not legally prevented from doing so. Yeah. So as long as you haven't been arrested, basically. You just So it's like, white guys, go for it. Walk around with a gun if you're 21 or over. No permit. Uh, Yeah, no permit, no license, nothing. Then they have uh, something they're calling Funding the 1836 Project. Check this out. Uh, establishes an 1836 Project Committee to produce patriotic Texas history materials, which will be distributed through channels such as when people receive driver's licenses. The initiative's name mirrors the 1619 Project, a New York Times publication examining U.S. history from the arrival of enslaved people. So they're straight up, they straight up put a line item for creating propaganda that is like anti the the 1619 project yeah that's fucked okay was it called the 1836 uh, like the texas revolution yeah, the 1836 that's, project. god yeah. fuck that <laughs> fucking state they're so obsessed with their stupid revolution that was just like to own slaves like it's all there's all this mythology yeah. around it like it was about like freedom or whatever freedom and we're so tough just to fucking uh, own slaves and kill mexicans it's just white yeah. people shit White people should, dude. They love to just, like, codify. They love to be like, well, it's a law now. Who says uh, we made the law? This is, like, super, okay, maybe not related, but, like, here's the mentality that I'm talking about. And I've told you about this with Latour shit, right? Which is, like, the human civilization problem that we have is that we invent systems and gods and fucking shit. Like, we literally make them up, and then we're like, oh, and they have power over us. Mm, I don't know how. I can't change them. And, like, the most basic example i can give you is like you know i've worked in museums for a long time i worked at this one museum whatever can remain nameless but oh no fuck it we're gonna say it because it is important what we were talking about it was the museum of the moving image (laughs) and jake what we were talking about is like i was an exhibitions manager right so it was my job to manage all of the content and all of the permanent and temporary exhibitions one of the collection items plural, many items that were often on exhibition were um, arcades from the 70s and 80s. Cool. Yeah. So it was one of it's if you ask anybody, like either they go to the museum for the film, you know, like the movies and the theaters, or they go for the arcade stuff usually. And now um, it also has a Jim Henson exhibition that I used to manage the traveling version of. Um, So people go for those things. But the video games, the arcades, the great thing about it is that you can play them, right? So whenever they're on display, whether it's like a little section in the permanent exhibition or like a big exhibition about video games, they're always playable. So you can get tokens and you can play all these old video games. That's badass. I would love that. Yeah. Now here's the problem as museum staff, right? The problem that we had was we had a lot of video games. They were dying and they were constantly breaking. And literally the only way that you could get these fucking video games fixed was there's like one guy who lives in Long Island 
who services all of the barcades and is like the only guy in like the tri-state area that knows how to fi fix all these 70s machines and he's fucking old jake <laughs> so he's gonna die so it's like my job to be like yo what are we gonna do when we don't have somebody in the tri-state area to keep fixing these things because the tension of running a museum collection is that we want to give it give people access to it like you should get the experience of playing these games but we're also supposed to protect them and make sure that they will live as long as possible to be yeah. enjoyed by as many pe people as possible. So me and this one curator, we and one of the collections managers at one of the staff meetings, we bring up to the our director, right, the the fact that he that we need to basically save these machines and that the way that we should do it is to put them on simulators. Okay, and for anybody who doesn't know. Basically, what that means is that you would put a simulated game version on a small computer, like on a CPU, and you would attach that to the gaming mechanism. So it would be the same arcade box, but instead of running it from the CPU from 1971 <laughs> that is burning out, you would be running it from a simulated, like, modern CPU. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So what our pitch was is that, you know, this would give people the ability to experience the game as it was as part of the arcade. They're not really going to know the difference that the machinery is different. We'll be preserving the motherboards of these older machines so that if 20 years from now there is a purpose to putting them back on the motherboards and studying that, they're available and they work, right? And our director of exhibitions, Jake, he literally was just like, well, that's against the collections management policy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what do you mean? And he's like, well, in the collections management policy, it says that we're not allowed to interfere with an object to like change its composition, right? And I was like, okay, but don't you think that if we're interfering with the object temporarily to preserve its life or extend its life, that it's something we should consider doing. And he was like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea, but it doesn't matter because it's against policy. It's written in the policy. You know, and he just kept being like, you can't fucking defy the policy of how you have to write, like treat objects. And I just look at him and I was like, yeah. And I just look at him and I was like, dude, who wrote the collections management policy? And he looks at me and he goes, I did with her, the like collections management person. Right. Yeah. And I was like, so does it not stand to reason that this should be a living document that you, as the writer of it, should be able to edit whenever we have new information and have to make new decisions, right? Yeah. And he just, like, froze completely, Jake. He was just like, I don't understand. It does not compute. Yeah, We cannot no, change the rules. It's like Texas bullshit. Exist. It's like, what do you mean? It's the rules. But it's like, you yeah. literally just made it that. We should be discussing why you made it that and whether it exactly. needs to still be that or unbe that. But, like, people just love... Like it's almost people like furrow their brow and they look at you like confused when they're like, but mm -hmm. it's the rule. And it's like, <laughs> that is exactly what happened. And to this day, those machines are currently burning out. There are some of them are the only piece in the whole country that still works. Like the only like version of that video game. Yeah. And because they will not change the rules and they don't want to take them away from people playing. They're just people playing them until they burn out. This is also like kind of a good metaphor for abortion access is like the video game machines of like, yeah, they need a new CPU, but there's some weird old hallowed codified rule against it that the person doesn't even believe in. They're just, they're just sucked up into the, the dogma of it. Like let the video, let Pac-Man get a new CPU. Let Miss Pac-Man yeah, get a new CPU. It's better That's for her. It'll make her trying to save her live longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really tried. I really tried to save her. Yeah, uh, her, but... it should be her choice. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but let's get back to these some of these awesome 666 laws and that just took effect in very free, very don't tread on me Texas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the social studies curriculum changes right, which is is, uh, limits this bill limits teachers from discussing current events and systemic racism in class. The bill also prevents students from re receiving class credit for participate participating in civic engagement. Okay, sixteen nineteen project. They're yeah. obsessed. They're like obsessed with don't talk about racism. Yeah, okay? that's fucking stupid. Uh, the next one, the Star Spangled Banner Protection Act. Okay, professional sports teams with state funding are now required to play the national anthems before games. Required. Required. 
Yes. They could lose their funding. It's insane. What which yeah. sports organizations like anyone that has state funding? <laughs> so probably insane. all college games for sure. Um, I don't know if private teams get funding. That's insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what? It's a song thing. about freedom, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, no like, you must sing it. You we will give fucking a take gun your money to your away. head. Like, <laughs> yeah, make you yeah, sing yeah. about freedom. What a what a Check paradox. Uh huh. So the next one is uh, shielding companies from car crash liabilities. So this one requires that the drivers of commercial vehicles, including Ubers, Lyfts, and delivery trucks be found liable in court for causing a car crash, resulting in injury or death before a case can be brought against their employer. Did you hear what I just said? That's crazy. So, yeah, they're shielding corporations for being responsible for their drivers causing an accident. Right. The only way that you could sue Uber or Lyft or the driver of a delivery truck for killing your loved one is if the driver is first found guilty in court. Yeah. You know how fucked that is? Right, because it means you get the money out of them and not out of Uber. No, and it's like you have to go through, you have to spend all the money to litigate this driver who has no fucking money. Yeah, using the worker as a human shield. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And then if you can make it through that worker, maybe you get to attack Lyft. It's completely fucking insane. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that dude. whole state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone I know, because you all live there. I know. Fuck your state you got to get out. <laughs> It's like going under, man. Yeah. There is also a bunch of voting restrictions that are reducing, you know, people's ability to vote. Uh, I believe that some of it included, uh, like, they made it illegal for you to, like, give somebody a ride to vote. (laughs) And, like, uh, it's really, it's fucking fucked up. Felony punishment. Uh, Oh, so another one is, um, it is now felony punishment for protesters. If you block a road, if you block the streets, you can be arrested as a felony. Okay. Yeah, and th- that uh, shit gets used so like flimsily. Yeah. If you're standing somewhere, you're technically blocking a street. I'm in my home, I'm sitting in a chair. I'm technically blocking yep. a street right now. If a cop wants me to be. Exactly, because they could just say you were, and like now you, it's on you to prove you weren't. Wouldn't like when we were um, on the riots and shit last year, they would do stuff like um, they would just announce like a truck would come by with the fucking Terminator voice, and it would be like. Uh, now it's being, you know, if you are blocking this fucking pathway or whatever, you are now legally liable to yada, yada, yada. And then they would just, like, announce it, but announce it at a place a bunch of people were standing and then go, it's happening. Guess what? Now we and get now the tear gas here. And now you're all here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, look, the way that they fucking phrase it here exactly is uh, felony punishment for blocking emergency vehicles. HB9 will make blocking access to a hospital or an emergency vehicle with its lights and sirens on a state jail felony. The bill was passed as a response to protesters being arrested for blocking ambulances during Black Lives Matter protests last year. Yeah. Which, I don't even remember that happening. That's such a lie. But anyway, um, punishing cities who cut police budgets. Check that out. If municipalities with a population of more than 250,000 reduce their police budget, this HB 1900 allows the state to financially punish the cities by reducing sales tax revenues and preventing increases in property taxes. Okay. You hear that? So if any, like, a city tries to... Austin did that. Yeah, to reduce the... That's It's so funny because it's like, this is this is specifically to punish Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the one the good thing yeah, that's exactly. ever done in the last fucking 10 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we've also got criminalizing homeless camping. Makes camping in an unapproved public place a misdemeanor crime that carries a fine of up to $500. Yeah. Well, cities that was already cannot... a citywide thing in Austin. They just they took it to the state, I guess. Well, now it's state and cities cannot opt out of the ban. So it's just illegal so, to be homeless the entire state. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those were some of the most awesome laws that are now in effect. Well, thank God Joe Rogan is down there having COVID (laughs) with Greg Abbott, who also has COVID, and they're going to put their brains together and do something about it. Like I was thinking about this when, when like I was reading about some of these laws yesterday and I was like, well, maybe like the upshot to all these California dickheads moving out there is that they'll be horrified by these social draconian fascist fucking laws 
and then maybe they'll make their voices heard because a lot of them own capital and stuff, and that's how yeah. th- that's how you actually affect the government. But mm-hmm. like, I, do, I mean, what's Rogan doing? He's just getting COVID and being an idiot and smoking DMT and shit. I don't think he's paying attention <laughs> to this shit at all, or gives a shit about like abortion or fucking anything. Like, or he hates homeless people. Like, he's just getting COVID. He's just dicking around and getting COVID. That's all he's doing. It's insane. Absolutely. So I don't. Yeah, I know. And like, He's an idiot. You know, I, another thing I want to point out about this is like, you know, there's this kind of cringy feeling people get where you overuse the word fascism because, like, you know, what is that word? Oh, you know, it's kind of a thing where like teenagers call everyone Hitler, you know, because you didn't yeah. made them go to bed on time or whatever or do their homework. Or I do. Okay, I call a lot of people Hitler. Well, but the thing is, like, <laughs> I mean, read your history, read your theory. This kind of is what fascism is, is using like the the state and the organizing tools of something that under a communist regime, when we call it authoritarianism, is like yeah. organizing and government. But using that to fucking clamp down on a surplus population to protect capital and these weird institutions like like the Christian totally. religious thing that's like a social, you know, like like that's that's the fucking that's that's the eugenic Jake, creepy shit part of it where it's like we're gonna preserve a way of life. You're hundred percent right. And it's crazy for anybody to be like, oh my God, you're overusing the word fascist. Do you do you did you listen to the list of laws that we just talked about? There was just like seven out of sixty six. Okay, and we covered um uh, taking away women's autonomy over their body. We covered uh, taking away people's protest, like right to assemble in public and protest if anybody deems it that it's blocking anything that they think is important and life threatening. Uh, we covered you can't discuss learning current events and critical race theory in the classroom. So we're limiting. It's like burning books, you know, like limiting what topics you can talk about in school. Yeah. They uh, made a law about producing propaganda in order to counteract free discussions of race and history and identity. How is not that not they made laws? Well, it's that certainly authoritarian. Voting. How is that not fascist? It's certainly authoritarian, but I would say the thing that makes it fascist is the why, because all of this stuff is coming from a specific direction in a specific direction, and it's like there's this. Lenin quote that I think he might not actually have said it might be apocryphal but it's such a good quote that it gets thrown around a lot and it's that the it's that fascism is the iron ring that holds together the rotting barrel of capitalism right and if you look at what's happening mm. in Texas like for example when the grid went down everything fucking fell apart right yeah. um and the fucking government did not want to reassess this insane privatized situation they have because it's capitalism, right? It's fucking someone's making money off of it. They're influencing the government. They're never going to untie that knot. And so what uh, what Greg Abbott did immediately after the grid got turned on and everything was change the subject by releasing the mask mandate and just saying no one has to wear masks anymore. And you're like, why? What the fuck is the point of that? Oh, it's to use this sort of social cue to distract from this huge thing, which the reason you're doing it is to save this fucking privatized company, right? Well, this is the second wave that comes after stuff like getting rid of the mask mandate is now using government, like in its authoritarian ways, to... To, to, to further protect that capital. So now it's not just yeah. we got rid of the mask mandate. Now it's like you will get arrested if you do wear a mask, etc. Things yeah. like that, which is what all these laws yeah. are now. It's like now it's, you know, you have to fucking adhere to our agenda, which we're getting from all these big capital interests. You know, that's the big problem with fucking liberalism yeah. is, is, is that money you cannot get the money out of politics. And the money is the re- like the, the people down there in fucking Texas that have money are the people with the ad- weird agendas that are like social yeah. and like religious. Like you have to play the national anthem or whatever. That yeah. should just be a weird opinion that a rich person has. But because yeah. of the way liberalism <laughs> as a phase of history fucking functions, they get to make it a hobby. Is they get to make, make it a people? Yeah, they get to make like, it a fucking law. My money yeah, to <laughs> making people sing the fucking anthem. Yeah, and I mean it's it's kind of funny when you're being forced yeah. to sing the national anthem. Like that's not the scariest yeah. one, but the abortion stuff and the you can't protest and that now we're going to indoctrinate all this shit in your kids. Well, to me, That's it's scary. a combination. To me, it's a combination, Jake. The combination of all of these laws that cover a lot of different things. They cover like state having power over your body. They cover state having power over ideas. They cover the state producing ideas to counteract freedom of speech and thought. They cover 
restricting votes. Like, it's a fucking multi-pronged attack <laughs> on so much of what this country claims to stand for and so much of what so many of these people that are, like, libertarians or whatever think that they're, like, for. And they are so easily just, like, dis like not dissuaded, like, um, distracted, I guess, by, like, nonsense arguments. And they're, like, influenced. Meanwhile, yeah. And meanwhile, like, shit is actually being implemented in this way. Like, I saw somebody today tweeting about, like, oh, how... We're, we're this close to, like, being, like, in the uh, handmaid's tale, you know? And it's, like, such a corny thing to say, but it's, like, I don't know how you didn't see this, like, five seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> that we were already there because a lot of, especially the poor classes, already exist in this world, as we were saying. Right? I lived in Texas my whole life. This shit has yeah. been coming down the pike forever. Like, it, they almost yeah. get it passed every fucking year, and it's always yeah. been a nuclear-level threat. And so it's not, like, anything new. This is not new. But yeah. it's also what I think liberals don't understand is that this is connected hand-in-hand hand with all of the other stuff that we've always been freaking out about, like, you and me on this show, like, all the class stuff. This is not yeah. an isolated issue. This is one part of this, this entire new, fucking yeah. thing where you keep a surplus population down and controlled and, mm -hmm. in this case, under your specific you know ethical moral code which is like not this is why fucking texas is so creepy to me because it's like it doesn't oppression doesn't always come with this jesus shit man <laughs> like sometimes they're just like oh be poor i don't give a shit if you have kids but this is like yeah extra extra old school old world creepy and the inside out paradoxical thing where they think they're being like freedom warriors while they're doing this honestly it's really reflective of like the origins of the united states to begin with with like the or yeah. not the, i mean the united states as a country not as a continent or whatever with like the puritans that fucking came here who you know their narrative the Pilgrim's narrative was that they're coming here to escape religious persecution, but persecution, they had right? the most hardcore, dogmatic, scary versions of Christianity. And their narrative is, yeah, I want to be free to enforce to this crusade. <laughs> like, on others. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's just, just continuing to happen. That's what yeah. we're seeing in, in the people that have influence in the fucking government in Texas. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Allow me to uh, loosely quote Eddie Azard here, but he has a thing where he says that, like, can you imagine Puritans? They were, like, the ones that felt like they had to leave Europe because uh, 17th century Europe was just too crazy for them. <laughs> like, they fucking, like, insane. Yeah, they were yeah. the ones looking around and being like, oh my God, they're showing ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Why did you come over to our side of the globe to ruin our entire life? This we also like to be titties out people and you've ruined our lives. I know, because that's what was going on here. And then they just yeah, showed up and I'm like, all right, having well, a good time. Fuck yeah. it. I guess we're just going to be dangerous, yeah. violent fucking nerds. Yeah. Oh, uh, there was a... American as, Americans as Puritans is like a, a thing that we really need to fucking acknowledge and like explore and talk about or all of us. I don't mean me and you because I think me and you are pretty aware of that. But I think <laughs> Americans, especially, you know, like for a fact, the fact that like uh, liberals, a good portion of liberals consider themselves to be leftists. Yeah. Right? Because they think that they are left of like the Republicans. So therefore they are leftists, right? That, to me, is another branch that comes from Puritanism, where you think that you are being extremely progressive when you only compare yourself to someone who's extremely conservative. But you're not seeing what actual progress is. You're not seeing the actual breaking away from the center, right? And that is the same, like, Purin Puritan kind of idea that gets transposed. Like, today I saw... A tweet from somebody who's just like some random fucking anonymous anarchist or whatever the fuck. But they said something really good um, that was like, hold on, let me read it. He said, uh, or they said, I don't know. They said, uh, comparing American things happening in American cities that Americans have been trying to inflict on their fellow Americans for decades to the Taliban is just racist and a distraction from properly addressing fascism. Sure. Okay. And it's something that I saw, like, comedians joke about and fucking people from Texas make a joke about, like, oh, we couldn't get rid of the Taliban in Afghanistan. So, you know, of course we have the Taliban in Texas now and, like, shit like that. And it's like, man, try stop trying to externalize it and exoticize it and act like it's, like, a thing that came from the outside. 
when quite literally these are fascist instincts that have and policies that Americans have been trying to inflict on each other for the whole entire time that we have been a country. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's two ways to look at it, though. Like, I, I kind of disagree in one way, which is so. Mm. You're, it's the, the main point. Be correct. I think is that it is stupid if you are a person who thinks everything is fine here and that something like the Taliban is its own thing. Or like, for example, something I always laughed at, laugh at when it comes to like patriots in America is that they talk about North Korea and they're like, look, everyone's indoctrinated with this horrible nationalism. And then it's like, you go to the Super Bowl, Like it's the same fucking yeah. thing. Like you, you need to realize the thing you're describing is the same thing as it is home. However, yeah. I would almost go circular with the comparing the Taliban to us thing and go, this is not actually a statement where you're othering the Taliban. Like, this should actually normalize the Taliban and make you realize yeah. that it isn't this big spooky fucking thing. It's a group of other people in a different situation who, if you see similarities, the good, because you kind of, you, it's more, it's very racist to look at something like the Taliban as like, um, you know, the way we treated like ISIS where they're just like demons yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that's the problem, Jake. Like if they were seeing like, okay, I think that you, what you're getting at is that there, there are similarities between America and the Taliban. Right. But the people who are making jokes, they're like off the cuff comparing what's going on in Texas, for example, to the Taliban. They are not doing it because they see a similarity between America and American policy, internal American policy with the Taliban. They are doing it because they are othering Texas. You get me? Oh, yeah, they're, sure. They are putting, they're being like, oh, Texas is just as uncivilized as the Taliban. Americans always do this thing where they, yeah. uh, they, they say them and not us. Because I think the point, yeah. of, the point of this is you should look at the Taliban and be like, yeah, they are like what we are engaged in, mm -hmm. you and exactly. I as part of the system. Yeah. But like, this also happens when people get canceled. Like whenever there's like a Karen, uh, <laughs> white people always go like, you know, oh, those bad types of white people, shame on them or whatever. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. The point of like watching a cell phone video of a woman in Central Park yelling at a black guy or whatever yeah. should not be to other her and to separate yourself. And to make you feel better. Yeah. It should be to examine what this says about you and how you, yeah. how similar that could be you motherfucker on a bad oh, no, day. No, like, because that Karen on that video, you think she thought that she was that before she got caught on video doing this? No. Or how about like, is your mom not that person? Is your aunt not that person? Is your girlfriend not that person? It's so, so it's disingenuous to distance yourself that way. Point being, like, I think if you yeah. understand all this stuff correctly, then you should. People always look at like people like you and me, like we're crazy because we're like talking about how fucked up everything is, and they're just like, Wait, relax. Get, no, just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. I certainly get this. Yeah. I'll speak for myself. Yeah, no, me too, me too. I get this a lot where people are like, you're crazy, <laughs> yeah. like you just put the politics down or whatever, and I'm like, no, I'm seeing reality for what it is. It's weird yeah. to compartmentalize and go, everything's fine. Oh my god, now everything's not or whatever, and like. This kind of comes back to what, something you just touched on. I think it's kind of interesting. Which is like, so some some liberals will look at like this Texas bill that just passed and just go like, this horrible sexist thing just happened, and yeah. we've been warning you about it, and you never said anything about it, right? I got a fucking annoying email uh, from somebody that was like, you should have talked about this more, and I was like, I'm like one comedian, like I'm not the news. Yeah. Also. You know, I have talked about it. I'm from Texas. I think about this shit quite a yeah. bit. But the other thing, and here's the main thing, is that I have a fucking podcast where I talk about labor issues and socialism, socialism and class issues. That is talking about it because this is yeah. connected to the entire fucking thing that we are fighting against. That this is just like the fruit of. This is just one fucking thing that fell off the tree. Yeah. But all of that is overclass versus underclass bullshit. And so, like, to to compartmentalize and I mean, I think it's it's kind of similar to what you're talking about with these people who 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 are looking at like Texas as if it is not a part of your own body as the United yeah. States, you know, like you, you have more, if you're, if you're somebody in New York laughing at Texas and all of its draconian bullshit, yeah. you need to think about how similar you probably are to Texas, especially if mm -hmm. you're a fucking white person who comes from like a line of wealth, who is probably somewhere down the line connected to all this stuff in some material yeah. way and all this shit or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the, the proper <laughs> point of view, I think here is to, 
to realize that like you you're stuck in this and in many ways de facto supporting it just because that's what it is to be in a system and to be freaked out and be running around with your fucking head chopped off like a or what was the phrase like a chicken with your head cut off i've been away from texas too long i'm forgetting my idioms (laughs) but like like i mean i'm coming around to like if you're not freaked out you're not paying attention or whatever like that old cliche but like like the the separating of this stuff is uh, a sickness, I think. I know that's like yeah. a big theme we always work on or whatever, but I don't know. No, I agree. I, I agree with you. I, th- I agree with you. There's, um, man, I don't want to single this person out or anything, but it just is funny because there was like a particular comic that I saw this week that was just like literally just in Austin. And I think they're going to be on Skankfest. And, you know, so they're like, uh, benefiting from the whole migration to Austin and participating in that whole thing. And then they tweeted today something. <laughs> How do I say this? So it's not searchable. <laughs> but they tweeted something or they're like, whatever. They basically made fun of Texas and they like said like something to the effect of like, if you can't have an abortion in Texas, then the bad thing is there's going to be more, more Texans. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know I saw that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I know. And it is a funny tweet and whatever, but it's just so, like... It's a joke, as, but I... Yeah. Well, but, like, it would be different if it was coming from a comic who isn't from there, who didn't already go there and, like, benefit from the whole comedy migration there. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're doing a bad thing. It's just a very, like, uh, transparent... Um, example of sometimes comedy is not is shallow. I guess sure, yeah. It's just totally. grabbing at that like <laughs> the problem is when a person actually believes that, and sometimes yes, comedians exactly. do <laughs> exactly. And I don't think this person does. I like this person, but uh, it just you know it was weird <laughs> because it's like okay, well you'll go for making fun of Texans as people. But you were mere weeks ago defending going to perform for Texans as people. <laughs> you well, know, like. yeah, I mean that's an interesting thing to square. I guess. I guess something I'm kind of thinking about. Yeah. Which got me when you brought this up. I was like, I think I actually respect this person for this. Mm-hmm. Is um, as I was tweeting, I was making fun of that New York Times thing. About the yeah. cubicles and stuff, and somebody d- did like a like a this you gotcha at me because I uh-huh. wrote an op-ed in the New York Times five years ago, and yeah. uh, and then I've talked about it. I've talked, to, I made jokes about how it, like it's funny. I'm like a dirtbag, and I got to write in the New yeah. York Times, and I was you know a writer at some point in my life, and, and like, <laughs> yeah. um, so some comedy dumbass tried to do a thing where they were like, oh, you, you criticize the New York Times even though you were in the New York Times, and <laughs> so wow you're a traitor like you you don't they were saying like um you know like you double cross people or whatever like the new york times is the new york times the legion of skanks am i supposed to like once work with them once and then i'm supposed to like never criticize them they start wars and shit but so i I got into a conversation with this person and i was kind of trying to explain it because i was like the reason i engage with these people on twitter is not like all the time because I'm obsessed and erotic or whatever. It's because I'm fascinated with the mind of the internet, Chud. And I'm <laughs> constantly trying to look at it and go, how did you get here? How do you think this is the rules for this? And I told them, like, look, what I think of as integrity is not working with someone and then forever deciding to agree with them right. and never fucking contradict them because you did business with them. What I consider integrity is being willing to criticize people who you have worked with at your own detriment because it will cost you money. Because what everyone does in this fucking business is passively sort of go, well, I'm never going to stick my head out, my neck out, and talk about Joe Rogan when he does something dumb or something like that because I have a business relationship there. And to me, I'm like, and I'm not, fuck that, fuck to me. In reality, the truth of the situation is that that is more cowardly. Everyone knows it. It's referred to as keeping your head your head down. And integrity yeah. is go, like not Standing shutting up. up. Like yeah. fucking not your job. I'm not a politician. I'm not in a business. My job is to have opinions. My job is yeah. to try to seek truth, right? So I would be bull, complete bullshit if I didn't actually say things that I thought were fucking true and are not true. It, what would yeah. the point be of even fucking uh, responding to me? So that being said, 
I've had a lot of comedians who like work with the skanks and like, you know, play, run venues that they fucking perform at and stuff like that. And when, especially when I was out on the road, I had people, people always come up to me in kind of hushed undertones and dark corners of bars and stuff. And they go like, Hey, I just want you to know, you know, I don't fucking support them and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's like a, like, I, we make money off of it or whatever. And I always tell them, like, I, you might imagine that I'm like mad at you for that. I'm not mad at anyone for that. But what I, what I expect of people is do skank fest, but have the balls to criticize them from within their own fucking circle. Because that's, that's when you're a failure of in, like an, on an integrity yeah. level is when because you did Skankfest, you see them harassing me it. and yeah. fucking Louisa and our friends, and then you decide oh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to because yeah. I don't want to fucking you know. I risk don't want to ruffle feathers and whatever. No. Yeah, I agree with you. The other um, avenue that I think is respectable also is if you don't want to say stuff and like stand up for things, at least you shouldn't work with people that you know you morally wouldn't want to stand behind, you know? Uh, because I do respect the people who are like, they quietly just don't work with certain people and certain venues and stuff like that. Yeah. And I do think that that does something. It doesn't do as much as standing up and saying something publicly, but it does something. But if you are not going to do the first thing of refusing to work like if you're not going to do the easy thing of refusing to work with people in venues and whatever that are bad and that you wouldn't want to stand up for or defend or be or are proud of proud to be associated with then you're going to go do those things then i agree with jake and the only like ethical way to do it is to be critical from the inside and i say this to someone who like oh dude my problem has always been in corporate world and museum world and comedy. My problem has always been this idea that I really believed that I could change things from the inside. Yeah. And in my ripe old age now, Jake, I don't think you can change things from the inside. I think you eventually become co-opted. And even if you <laughs> don't become like compromised, you become uh, silenced. Like yeah. it becomes impossible for you to make change. Because you become tokenized. I know. I guess um, I'm just like, I go out guns blazing. Like, that's what I'm going to yeah. do is be in conflict the entire time, whereas people would kind of fold. Also, before I forget, this just, it reminded me of yeah. a really funny tweet. Do you know Andrea Moore in L.A.? She yeah. uh, tweeted this thing during the Taliban stuff that made me laugh really hard, which is, uh, it's an echo of a thing people were saying during the police discourse, which she said, yeah. um... They got a problem with the Taliban? Join them. Change starts from the inside. <laughs> from the inside. Yeah, yeah, I saw that thing. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That's what they tell us about police. Right. That's what they tell us about fucking everything. And it's like, yeah, no, it's not It's not fixable. It is a toxic, toxic institution, right? No. I understand that. Okay. No, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, God, sometimes it feels so performative and cosplay to constantly be telling people I'm a communist, but I'm like, this is why the only way to solve this is like to over upend the entire undergirding structure that causes all of these compromises to happen in this yeah. fucking direction or to become a cynic and just float along with it, which is what I think plenty of my fucking peers have done, you know? Hello, Jake here, editing the podcast. I'm coming in at the end here to let you know that this is the end of the public episode because normally we just like end an episode. But this one went really long, and the next part basically turned into an hour-long argument that we had, <laughs> which is fine and good. We're all friends still here at You Mad in Industries Incorporated, um, but you know we had a little debate. And it went on so long that, guess what, that's the bonus episode this week, because otherwise it would have been a two-hour main episode, and we needed to make a bonus episode. Plus, I, you know, this is good business. If you want to, uh, <laughs> to hear me and Louisa really get into it and disagree about something, then why don't you sign up for our Patreon and listen to our bonus episodes on our bonus feed. That's patreon.com slash... Why you mad? Um, and also we do Q and A episodes. If you don't know, if you're a new listener, you can email us at whyyoumadpod at gmail dot com. And then you know, once or twice a month, we do these episodes where we read your questions and we answer them. So you can ask us anything you want. Um, that's it.
uh, if you live in New York, go to Casual Sets NYC, Luis Diaz's show. Um, and if you live in New York, come out to my other podcast's live show, 9-11 Eve at Caveat in Manhattan. We are, uh, we're doing a show on 9-10, which is next Friday. They just happen to book us on 9-10, and we're an annoying political podcast. So uh, 9-11 Eve is the, the bit that we decided to go with. We're going to do a live variety show. I'm going to do stand-up. We're going to do some weird visual shit. And we're going to ring in the new year on 9-11 Eve. Okay, I think that's it for plugs. And like I said, you want to hear the rest of the episode where we fight with each other. Patreon.com slash Why You Mad. Thank you.